Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. What's up, C12? How are we doing tonight? We doing good? Uh, we are, like Justin said, kicking off a, a new series. Uh, if it is your first night with us, uh, we just wanted to say a big welcome home. Uh, honestly, so glad that you are here with us on a Thursday night. And, and I know we didn't plan for this, but uh, would you guys mind throwing up the uh, let's make it official graphic uh, on there? It's just going to be a, a QR code. Uh, potentially, if we can get that up. Uh, and and if, if you missed the guest experience tent on the way in, we just want you to get a chance to connect with us as a family. And so we know that, hey, as a C12, as a family, as a ministry, we do life together. And so, uh, yeah, why don't you just go ahead and we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to meet you. Uh, so that way we can, you know, scam your emails and we can just pound you with texts and phone calls and uh, the other day, actually, I looked at my, who even uses email anymore? Anyone use email? Uh, oh, a lot of you. Okay, great. <laughs> Clearly I don't. Uh, I had 5,000 emails uh, in my old Gmail. So if you ever <laughs> emailed my Gmail account, uh, I for sure didn't respond. Uh, and it was actually blocking up my entire phone, actually slowing it down because I had so many emails uh, in my inbox. So uh, that'll take a week to <laughs> uh, do a little deep clean. But I am really pumped to kick off the new series uh, on emotions. And uh, it's kind of fitting for this month, not just because of Valentine's Day, but I think it's fitting right now uh, in our culture. Uh, there's lots of emotions, maybe even post-COVID, and as mental health is on the rise, and as there's things that we kind of battle and, and go through and struggle with, uh, there's just natural emotions. You know, fear, anxiety, sadness, grief, happiness. Like These are emotions that we all can experience, that we all feel. They're real. And so there, there's a tendency to feel like, well, I kind of have to bottle them in. Guys, let me speak to you a second. Us men maybe aren't as vulnerable as we like to be. So you get around a little group and you want to talk emotions. You're like, yeah, you know, talk about sports and, you know, go dogs. <laughs> anything, to, anything to deflect maybe the conversation. See, emotions can be a tricky thing to talk about because, you know, how, well, how do I process my emotions how do I work through them? I know that I have them, but how can God maybe even use them for his good? So I just wanted to kick off, you know, tonight. We're, you know, tonight we're diving into specifically, how do I process, how do I work through anxiety and fear? So I just want to have fun right off the bat. Uh, what fears that you had as a child? Okay, I'll just, I'll throw some up there because I know uh, that we've all probably been afraid of the dark. Uh, for me, I was afraid to be uh, alone at my house terrifying. Uh, you hear all the little creaks and the crevices in your house, and you're like, I'm done. God, take me now. I'm getting killed. Uh, uh, what, what other fears? Uh, just shout them out. Use outdoor voice. Wow, we got a lot of fears. <laughs> we are right here. Yeah. Birds? Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Mice. You say pirates? Snakes. Kites. Heights, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Strangers. <laughs> All right, spiders. Bugs. Why, why specifically? It sounds personal. Any others? Volcanoes. Yeah, those are common in Georgia. We have those a lot. Fire. You know what's happening in my brain just so you get a picture? It's just like you're getting pounded with voices. <laughs> Fire, heights, bugs, sky. <laughs> one over here. Wait, I heard one over here. 
Fire, okay, yeah, that was actually one of them. I wasn't crazy, all right, fire. <laughs> Let's not forget the little clown pandemic that we had a couple years ago, okay? Aren't we, thank God we're past that phase and we're not in that anymore. I was scared to drive. I didn't know if I was gonna see a guy with a chainsaw on the right side of the road. <laughs> Just going to my friend's house. I don't know, being clowns was a common thing. Yeah, all the way in the back. Drowning. Did somebody say the highway? <laughs> I'll put that out there. It might be a scary thing. Sure, let's do a couple more while we're at it. Snakes is up there. Frogs. We hate insects. You guys would hate science class. You guys have trauma. <laughs> we're honest here at C12. Here's the thing, okay? We got, we got lots of uh, fears, okay? Maybe as a kid, you grew up. I, I, was scared. I was scared of the dark. I was scared to be alone in my house. Maybe you're scared of birds, scared of mice. Maybe you're still scared of those things. I'm still scared of mice. I'm still scared of birds. Here's the thing. As a kid, these were like, oh my gosh, this was like the, 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 maybe the epitome of like fear. I felt in bondage to it. I felt entrapped by it. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark. I remember when I was a kid, I was so afraid of the dark that I would sleep with multiple blankets and like more than half a dozen pillows on top of me to make it think like nobody was in the room. I was so afraid that I would bury myself in fear and I'd wake up with a heat rash on my neck because I was so scared of the dark that if somebody walked in, they'd be so convinced that nobody was there. See, I, as a kid, I was so afraid, I was so fearful, I was so anxious. And now what happens? Well, you get older, you start to mature. See, now I'm not afraid to, well, maybe. Uh, maybe, you know, now you're not, I'm not afraid to uh, sleep in the dark. I'm not afraid to be by myself in the house. Why? Because I got older and I got more mature. See, your current fears right now is probably God's training ground for your faith. Your current fears right now is God's training ground for faith. Let me make it more personal. Maybe right now you have fears of, am I gonna get a job? Am I gonna get promoted? Is this gonna work out for me? Am I gonna graduate school? Am I gonna be married? Where am I gonna live? What does my future look like? And in 10 years, the fears you have now won't be fears you have then. And you'll have new fears. And the thing about your current fears is it's a training ground for faith. And I think when it comes to our emotions, they feel like giants to us. It's like the giant of fear. It's the giant of anxiety. I just constantly feel like I'm always fearful of my future. I'm always fearful of what does this look like for me. I'm always anxious about what is to come. See, according to the National Center for Health, this was three years ago, 2019. This was in July. It was... Uh, uh, stated to have 8.2% of adults showed signs of anxiety disorder. Again, that was pre-pandemic. Now you get into July, the next year of 2020, right after the pandemic hit, it spiked from 8.2% to 36%. 36% of adults showed signs of anxiety disorder. Okay, so what's the current stat now? Current stat is 41% of adults specifically adults that are 18 to 29 showed signs of anxiety disorder. We are on the rise of almost half of our demographic feeling fearful and anxious and probably more than ever before. So how do I work through it? How do, how do I process fear and anxiety? 
I think there's three ways we're going to unpack them. It's not an, uh, an exhaustive list, but I think this is at least a guide and a template to maybe help us. How do I work through these? I know they're there. I know that they're real. So how do I process fear and anxiety? Number one, understand who God is to you. Understand who God is to you. Who is God to you? You might describe him as a friend, as a provider, as a protector, someone who's faithful, someone who's good, someone who's perfect, someone who's holy. But maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe you also describe God as someone who's right now distant, unloving, He's unfair. He's unfaithful. He's detached. He doesn't have any compassion. He's this evil monster in the sky. So I think David says something powerful about how to know God. If you got your Bibles, you can go into this. It's in Psalm 9. If you have your phones, you can pull up on your Bible app. You can go through it. If not, we got it up on the screen uh, uh, behind me. But this is what David says. He says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble, those who know your name trust in you. If you got your Bibles, you can underline that. You can highlight that. If you're on the U version, you, you, can highlight, you, you can highlight that. You can save a note for later. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Okay, well, it makes sense. Those who know your name trust in you. Well, it's obvious. I'm not going to trust somebody I don't know. I'm not going to trust somebody who I don't have a relationship with. As a kid, it was like stranger danger. You know, your mom your, or your parents say, hey, don't talk to people you don't know. Don't answer the, don't answer the phone if you don't know who's calling. Don't, don't uh, answer the door if you don't know who it is. Don't go to the white van handing out candy. See, what we call someone tells us a lot about the relationship. Who we refer to God as tells us a lot about how we know him. And maybe in this room, like maybe you might be married. You might be engaged. You might be dating you know, just because it's February, a little bit more of the love month, you know, there might be some words that you use to your spouse, or your fiance, or your significant other, you know, to be more intimate. And I thought just because it's February, you know, I thought I'd look some up. Some of the common nicknames that we would maybe give each other. Maybe you like, you're laughing like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be the cringiest list of all time. Uh, and maybe you're like, I'm all for it. I say half of these. Uh, I just want to go through and, and enjoy maybe the cringy journey uh, together. Here's some of the common and maybe my personal favorites. Uh, babe, Buttercup, Cutie Pie, Dream Girl, Love Bug, Sunshine, Sweetheart, Precious, Pookie. Uh, yep, Muffin, uh, Knight in Shining Armor. <laughs> uh, if you say that, you like either A, you're crazy, or you just read Romeo and Juliet. I don't know what you did. Uh, bugs, lover boy, honey bun, bubba, stud muffin, dream boat, hunk, lovey dovey, McDreamy, my beloved, old man. <laughs> Nothing makes a guy feel more confident. We just call him an old man. Sugar pie, honey butter biscuit, sugar snap pea, sweetie honey pie. Now we're getting to the like ice cream flavors. Uh, apple of my eye, my one and only, nutter butter. Uh, darling. Sweetheart, pumpkin, honey bunches of oats, uh, sweet pea, <laughs> shug. <laughs> wow, that really speaks to the heart. Yep. Walk around, hey, good to see you, shug. Glad you're here. Uh, cutie patootie, peach, my personal favorite, snookums, <laughs> sweets and toots. 
So uh, pick your word for this month. Feel free to share it. Uh, see, the, the, these are things maybe that you would use words to to describe them, but other people can't describe them that way. Like if somebody else came up to your wife, your husband, your fiance, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or whatever, and they would say, hey, Nutter Butter, how you doing today? Uh-uh. Ain't going to fly with me, bro. I'll tell you that. You're not going to have those conversations. Maybe you're new tonight. You're not going to stop by the tent. Hey, cookies and cream, glad you're here. I'm out. Find a new church. I promise that. The weirdest place on the planet. You ain't call me cookies and cream. See, how you refer to people matters. And the more that you give nicknames, it shows the significance of how well you know them personally. See, when people call me, if you don't know how to spell my name, people call me Arex. If you're my niece, Kenzie and Zoe, call me Awex because you can't say the L yet. If you're uh, uh, just go, go to church here, maybe just call me Pastor Alex. That's just what you know me by. That's just what you know about what I do. Maybe you call me Alex or AC. You're, you're my friends. Or uh, you might call me A-Train. Those are the people in middle school who wanted to be my friends. Uh, that nickname did not fly. Uh, you'd call me by my last name. A lot of my best friends would always call me Carney. And I knew that if they call me that, I'm like, hey, I, I feel more connected to you. I feel more intimate to you. So what do you call God? What do you call God? See, what we call someone tells us a lot about the relationship. What you call God reflects how well you know him. What we refer to God as reflects how much I personally, intimately know God. See, to God, it says, those who know your name trust in you. What do you call God? And I thought I'd just throw up some attributes of who God is. And this, like I said, is not an exhaustive list. We'll throw them up on the screen. But these are some psalms that just show who God is. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. See, you are my strength. Come quickly to help me. When I feel like I can't do it on my own, when I feel like it's not possible, I know that God is my strength. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. When I don't feel like it's going to work out, I know that God is faithful. When I feel like I failed a million times, I know that he's a faithful God. We thank you, uh, oh God. We give thanks because you are near. When I feel like I'm distant, I know that God is near. When I feel like he's detached from my circumstance, from my reality, I know that God is near. You faithfully answer our prayers. The next one, with awesome deeds. Oh God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth. You are the hope. So when I feel hopeless, I know that, that, that God is faithful. When I feel like my circumstance isn't gonna work out, I know that God is faithful because I don't place my hope in just a situation. I don't place my hope in a person. I don't place my hope in the government. I don't place my hope in an institution. I don't place my hope in just good vibes. I don't place my hope in just hopeful outcomes. I put my hope in Jesus because those who hope in the Lord, their strength will be renewed. They will walk and they will not grow faint. They will run and not grow weary. That's the hope that we can put in because of Jesus. That's the hope. And look at what it says, this last one. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. He's the one that freed me of mental health struggles. He's the one that freed me of, and, of, of guilt and shame. He's the one that covered my sin. He's the one that redeemed me. 
That's my God. My question is this. Can you say that he's your God? Can you say that confidently about you? Is he your God? Who is God to you? How you answer this question determines how well you intimately know him. Despite all your fears and all your anxiety, you can know God intimately. He's personal. See, that's the big headliner. That's the big picture. God wants to know you. It's all about a relationship, of being intimate and personal with you. Those are just some attributes of God. And when it feels like it's not, I'm not going to allow my feelings to dictate and to control my life. I'm going to see the word of God and the truth that it is to correct and align my feelings because my feelings might be real, but they're not always true. My feelings are real. I inevitably, I, I, I know that they're there, but it doesn't mean that they're always true. So practically, you're like, yeah, I get that. The heart level, I know that. That sits in my soul, that resonates with me. Well, how do I practically walk in that? How do I practically embrace to know Jesus personally? Because you might know Jesus, you love Jesus, you follow Jesus, but you still battle the overwhelming feelings of fear and anxiety. Maybe you can't fall asleep at night. Maybe it's just a shortness of breath. Maybe you have mental breakdowns and panic episodes and you're calling people several times throughout the day. See, anxiety and fear, they can be a complicated thing because it's holistic. Sometimes it's physiological. There's a chemical imbalance. Sometimes it's emotional. It's situational. It's spiritual. And let me just say, maybe you're in this room and you're like, anxiety just sits at the core of me. I constantly struggle this. I struggle with this. That may be, you know, a step, maybe even tonight or into the future, maybe the step is, you know what, beyond of what Jesus can do for me, I need other just professional help. If you know my story, you know that I went through counseling and wrestled a lot of things through derealization disorder. And then mental health sits at the very core of me because I know that there's people along the way. And I think we can just erase the stigma that if you have some sort of mental health battle, it doesn't make you a weaker Christian. If you struggle, oh, I struggle with anxiety, that doesn't mean that you have a lack of faith. If you battle with fear, it doesn't make you a bad Christian. See, if you're anxious, you just feel like, oh, I've let God down. I don't feel like maybe I can match up to the bar that he's setting for me. Could you just be maybe be even a little comfortable? <laughs> like even Jesus wrestled with anxiety. The one who knew no sin, the one who was without sin, wrestled with anxiety. I'm gonna unpack that in the second one. Second thing, connect with people that give you permission to be human. We aren't perfect. People aren't perfect. Leaders aren't perfect. Parents, family, pastors. <gasps> Hope that wasn't a shock. Churches, institutions, organizations. Nobody is perfect. And I think we need to embrace and just to connect with people that allow us just to be human for a second, saying, you know what? I don't have it all together. Hey, I'm, I'm not doing okay. Hey, I'm really struggling with this right now. And even Jesus demonstrated that. See, for Jesus, he relied on his friends. To give you context, this is after the last supper, and this was Jesus with his disciples. A close friend of his, Judas, if you know the disciples and you know the story, you know the journey, was with Jesus 
for three years and ended up ratting Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, betrays Jesus, and Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane where he goes to pray. And this is right before he's arrested, before he's crucified, to just die a horrible death. In verse 32, it says this in Mark 14. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to, uh, to be deeply distressed and troubled. He began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. What he's saying, he's pulling. It's not just all the disciples. It's specifically Peter, James, and John who's with them and saying, hey, I, uh, my soul is overwhelmed. Let me just tell you how I feel. Jesus is both fully God and fully human. I don't have time in this teaching to go over his deity and to explain that theologically. We can do that later. But right now we can see that he is both fully God and fully human. See, Jesus felt things on a deep level. And he's going to his friends. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. I'm letting you know that this is horrible for me. Even Jesus modeled that. Basically saying, hey, I need you. I need you here. See, for me, it's not just a, a group and it's not just a community. For me, that was even found and confided in a person. Many of you know him. His name is Josh Ivey, one of the pastors here at 12 Stone. And um, if you know Josh, yeah, you're, you're cheering for him. He's just a, a phenomenal pastor. And he allowed me in seasons where I struggled with mental health and I wrestled through uh, anxiety and derealization disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder. And it was just a concoction of a blender of a lot of different things. And, and what Josh said to me, and I'll, it was something so simple, but it was something that just forever uh, changed my life. And he said, man, I really believe that it's been my uh, almost vision to be here on earth just to allow people to be human. Sometimes you feel like as a follower of Jesus that you have to have it all together. I have to know all the answers. I have to be put together. I have to feel all the right things. I have to say all the right things all the time. I have to feel like I know every answer in every situation. And we sat specifically one day at a, at a Longhorn Steakhouse. Something that he, he probably doesn't even know that made an impact, but he sat down. I, you know, showed up, sat at the table, and he said, uh, you know, what are you getting? I said, I don't know. He said, well, I'm getting chicken fingers and fries because I'm a grown freaking man. <laughs> and it was something as small as that that just made me feel like, you know what? I can be myself around you. See, so who is that for you? Who are your people? Who's the person that you can be human around Who's that group of people that you would say, hey, these are my friends. These are the people that I don't need to have it all together. I can just be human. See, maybe that's just even joining a small group. We talked about it. And I just threw it up behind me. If there's a way that you want to jump into a group, and, 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 and let me just speak into it candidly, maybe more than I've ever had. We don't just do small groups because it's just the sake of just, well, it's the church thing to do. Or we just want maybe numbers to be a part of groups. No, groups is where you get to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Groups is where you get to hold other people accountable. Groups is where you get to come alongside other people that are in your stage of life that are perhaps battling the same thing. That you come alongside other people who say, yep, I've struggled with that too. I'm in that too. Let's go through this together because we need each other in this. And maybe for you, that's what you need right now. Maybe you have so much anxiety because you have zero community.
Maybe for you, your personality is, well, I'm just kind of everywhere. I'm too busy. I go to all these other different places. I go to all these other different churches. I go to all these other different things. My life is full of events. It's full of things in my job. It's full of things outside of it. And what you end up finding is that I'm a part of everything, but I don't feel like nobody knows me. And along the way, you start to develop 100 pennies instead of four quarters when it comes to friends. Everybody knows you, but you're deep nowhere. Who are your four quarters? Who are the friends that you're like, yep, these are the people that know me best. These are the people that give me permission to be me. The third thing, connect with God to vent all your emotions. Connect with God to vent all your emotions. God is not insecure. Let me say that again. God is not insecure. So your worst thoughts or emotions towards God doesn't even depict the character or the nature of who he actually is. Anybody just ever have any like kind of whacked out, jacked up feelings sometimes? Like it just, you know, if we're honest, like you're like, yep, that just kind of came out of me. Or, and I'm not talking like you got cut off in traffic on 85 getting here. I'm talking like, you know, someone's like pouring salt in the wound and, and, and it's like revealing like this uh, past trauma or people poking at insecurities or uh, these events that just provoke all the emotions at once. Ever feel like, I, yep, I just kind of lash out and all these emotions and you're like a volcano and you're like, oh gosh, like, Nobody wants to be around you if someone does. They just feel like the, the burning wrath of whatever just happened, whatever came out. See, I think if we're honest, we've all have done that. We've all have experienced it. Nobody wants to poke the bear. Nobody wants to provoke somebody else. See, a couple years ago, we uh, actually several years ago, when I was coming, doing a trip from Atlanta, Canada, we were driving back home to Wisconsin, where I lived at the time, and uh, we decided, or they decided, to leave at midnight in Canada and drive 25 straight hours to Detroit, Michigan. I tell you, I don't know if hell is a journey, but it existed. Uh, from Canada to Detroit, Michigan. I mean, the, uh, we didn't sleep once, didn't stop once. We just did a straight beeline straight to Detroit, Michigan through all the construction, all the traffic. And we end up going through all the tolls and you got to pay all these things. And, and my brother who he just wanted to drive the whole time. Like I'm driving the whole time. This is my car. I control it. I'm doing my thing. Didn't trust me to drive stick. I'm driving the entire time. He drove 25 straight hours. He started falling asleep at the wheel. I had to wake him up. It was chaotic. We get all the way to New York and you have to pay all these tolls. When we got to this one highway, I'm like, man, we haven't paid a toll in like four hours. This is great. God's favor is on us. (laughs) Until we got to the very end of the the state of New York. And that toll was $48.50. Dude, as a college student, I know, like, we, we don't have $48.50 just laying around at the time. Like, I don't, even as a young adult, you're like, oh, I can just muster that up. And so my brother, with a lack of sleep, uh, just very emotionally charged, just all over the place, he just starts, like, like in the car, like, you know, getting all frantic. And you know when someone gets frantic when their voice cracks? <laughs> like, you just know they're at this point. He's like, what are we going to do? And he starts looking for change everywhere. And it's like, bro, I promise you, you're not going to find $50 worth of change in that console. You will, this is not going to solve our problems. And so he starts to freak out. And I just kind of actually gets sarcastic. He goes, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, they might arrest us. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You don't say those things. You can say the wrong thing at the wrong time, and it starts to go south. We had to pull over, and he had to just vent out his emotions. He was throwing rocks, was going off in the distance, and I was like, yep, I said the wrong thing. (laughs) See, 
you can poke the bear in somebody else. It just unleashes all these emotions at once. What do you do when it gets just to be a little bit more personal? See, coming down to the end of my residency, when I was even looking for jobs, I, people would ask me questions all the time. What does your future look like? You ever get that question when you're in college, I'm going to go, what's your five-year plan? You're like, I don't know. I don't even know what even for dinner. Like, I don't feel like, what are you going to see yourself in five years? What job are you going to have? Where are you going to go to school? And you're like, I don't know, man. I just bought something off of, you know, this website, cool clothing. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. And when people ask, it almost just bothers you. Like, it just kind of gets you mad now. Everybody asks. Everybody wonders. People just kept asking, oh, where are you going to get a job? What is your future going to look like? And I just get so mad over time. The people who I felt like I didn't even have a strong relationship kept asking me about my future, my job, and I would just get angry. I said, what does it matter to you? It's not the way to respond. (laughs) I got angry, not because of their question. I got angry because there were spheres and there was insecurities in my soul that I didn't resolve with God. So I lashed out emotionally on somebody else when all they did was poke at a fear in my soul that I haven't come to terms with God with yet. Oftentimes, maybe our fear gets displayed as anger to cover up doubts and insecurities because you don't know what's in the future. You don't know what's ahead of you. You don't know where you're going to go to school. You don't know if it's going to work out for you. You have fears. Am I going to be married? Is this going to be a thing? Am I going to get a job? Am, am, am I going to be successful moving forward? Would I be a good dad someday? Would I be a good mom someday? Where am I going to live? What does my future look like? And I had to come to the realization that I am in charge, but I'm not in control. I'll say that again. I was in charge, but I wasn't in control. What am I in charge of? Oh, I'm in charge of decisions I make. I'm in charge of how I manage my time. I'm in charge of of my own self-leadership. I'm in charge of of managing my own emotions. Even right now, I'm in charge of of C12. I pastor and lead this ministry. I'm in charge of that. But ultimately, God is the one that's in control. God is in control of the outcomes. God is in control of the results. God is in control of the future. And I think when we figure out the difference between who's in charge and who's in control, I think there's a lot less to be anxious about. We might feel the anxiety because we flip the roles. I'm going to be more anxious because I'm going to do God's job. I'm more fearful because, God, you're not doing it fast enough, so therefore I'm going to control it myself. And maybe if there's anything that we've learned over the last two years, we figured out, hey, we're not in control. God is. I love what David says in Psalm 23. Maybe this is a verse that sticks to you. You know this verse. Maybe memorize it. It's a very common one. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Keep that up there. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Even though I walk through really uncertain times, I'm not going to fear what lies ahead because I know that God's with me. Even though I, I, I fear 
Even though I walk through this really dark valley of my mental health, I walk through this dark valley of my future. I feel like I'm without hope right now. I feel like I don't have any faith right now. I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. I feel like I just bear all these heavy burdens and all these heavy things on my heart and my soul. I feel like I am walking through the darkest valley. But David says, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff are with me. They comfort me. God comforts you in your most uncertainty. God is with you in your most darkest times. And maybe for you tonight, and the band's just going to play. There's a song that, that we've done before. It's just no longer slaves to fear. Maybe you just feel like I'm, I'm in bondage to fear. Fear is such a dominating thing right now. But fear seems to kind of lose its grip when you get more caught up in the presence of God that sometimes you almost forgot what you were afraid of because you're so in awe of who he is. Maybe for you tonight, you just have to lay burdens down at the feet of Jesus. Maybe for you, you just have to admit that you're in charge, but you're not in control. Maybe for you, you just have to come to God with your emotions. God, I have to come to you. These are real things. I am afraid. I am scared. I am anxious. I am alone. I am so fearful. I'm so caught up in what I'm in that I can't even see you. Maybe right now you just need to lay that at the feet of Jesus. We all have them. Either fears are big or small. They're personal. They're on somebody else. There are fears you face. So God, we just thank you. God, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for, Father, what you're doing in this room. God, we thank you for maybe how you're speaking to people right now. God, in the midst of their fears, in the midst of their anxiety, in the midst of their uncertainty, God, you're still moving. You're still speaking. Just begin to sing that. But God reminds you who you are. I'm no longer Your uncertainty, your anxiety.
from my mother's womb God you have chosen me love has called my name and I've been born again into your family you to stand in this room. I want to jump back into that again and, and to sing that song again. And, and maybe for you, I just have to sing it with more authority. I have to de- maybe declare this. Maybe my feelings aren't there yet. Maybe I don't feel like I'm just, I'm there. Maybe I don't feel like I, I, I can really declare God's truth. So maybe right now you just need to tell your feelings. Maybe instead of listening to yourself, you need to talk to yourself more. Saying, hey, I, I'm not going to be in bondage to fear. I'm not going to be full of anxiety. I'm not going to be one lacking hope. I'm not going to be one who lacks joy. I'm not going to be one who has to live in fear because I know the God who is the rock of ages, who is able to do immeasurably more in your life, even right here, right now, that God wants to speak to you. So you can sing with authority, not just shamelessly, not just before, oh God, I just, I hope that you would move, but you can, you can declare that with authority because of what he has done on the cross. I don't have to be afraid of my future. I don't have to be afraid of where I go. I don't have to be afraid of what my future looks like because although it might be uncertain, I know that God is certain. I know that he is full of hope. So let's just sing that out again. Sing us with fresh hope, with fresh faith. That I'm no longer
isn't he? Come on, we can give God glory. We can give God honor. Maybe this is your first time with us and, and you're like, man, I don't, never been a part of C12 before. Again, just wanted to say welcome home. Glad that you're here. And, and if you are new, I'd love to meet you. love to connect with you even after service. I'll be up front. love to get to know your name, maybe where you go to school, what job you do. And, and, and I wanted to, to end tonight a little bit with just kind of giving you some things for the future. And if you've been around C12, you know that we used to do Monthly Connect, uh, and maybe some of you guys went to Monthly Connect. And this is something that we just did to uh, offer a space where how do I get connected with family? How do I meet other people? And instead of just doing it once a month, we wanna do it every week. So next week, starting next week, we're gonna have something after service. If it is somebody's first time or it is your first time, maybe you came tonight and that's something you can be a part of next week, but that's literally gonna be straight out these doors in a room that's called the response room, where we just believe there's so much power in being intentional right now in our culture. Not to be anonymous, not to just uh, slip in the back, but I think, hey, we want to know you. We want to know your story. We want to know your name because you matter to God, but you matter to us. And so when we say welcome home, it's not a mantra, but we just say, hey, welcome to the family because that's what we are. Aren't we C12? We're a family. We get to do life together. And so uh, maybe right now you're just like, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by things. I, I just need my family around me. I need the people who can pray and support me. And we got that in the back. We have a prayer team that would love to pray over you. Maybe there's some things that are just burdening you and, and things that are heavy on your soul. Well, hey, we wanna talk with you. We wanna pray for you. So as we end every week, we end with the benediction and you can hold your hands in a receiving posture. May just the, 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 that God would bless you this week. And maybe right now you're just in a spot where hey, I just need the blessing of God. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his, may, Lord, may his Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace because it's his peace that surpasses all understanding and it's his peace that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. We love you, C12. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at c 12 Stone. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.